Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Friday, June second. 23, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live at the MMA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show start to finish when we're done here on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hi, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week, a wonderful start to the weekend when we're not quite there yet for some of us. But we're just about there. We're knocking on the door, having a wonderful Friday. And Friday's are really fun on this program because we could talk about MMA. We could talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. It is a free-for-all Friday. Lots to talk about in the world of sports, combat sports, whatever you want to talk about, we can get after it. But before we get after it, a couple of pieces of news that broke yesterday, one of which has to do with Saturday's UFC Vegas 74 card. We found out Jared Gordon is out of the fight. Jesse Butler will be stepping in on short notice to fight Jim Miller on Saturday. So that news is confirmed. Not really sure what happened with Jared Gordon, but I don't know. It seemed like it might be a little soon for him to come back after the the Bobby Green fight, but it's unfortunate for Jared. Jim remains on the card, and Jesse Butler steps in and gets his shot with the UFC. So that was the first piece of news. Second piece of news, we were talking about the heavyweight division yesterday on the program, and a massive heavyweight fight is in the works for November 4th, which is expected to take place in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and the main event has already been agreed upon and is going to be Curtis Blades versus the surging Jelton Almeida. How about that? Great fight. Love it very much. This told me a couple of things. One, they are ready to test Jelton Almeida to the max. Maybe they're not 100% sold, but they're like 95% sold. Two, I feel better about John Jones versus Stipe. I feel better about John Jones versus Stipe. Not that I was like concerned that it wouldn't happen, but I feel like it's probably going to happen now. Throwing this fight on the books because if there was if it was in jeopardy 
really in any way at this point. I don't think they would put this fight together. I think they would kind of hold out and, and just see what they could put together in the heavyweight division, see if they could get John in. If they couldn't, maybe do Jailton Almeida versus Sergey Pavlovich for an interim title or what have you. But this is a great fight. I have a feeling it's going to be a wild fight. Not the kind of fight we'd be expecting. And I'm all in on it. I'm all in on it. So we'll see what happens. Love that fight. November 4th. November's already starting off strong. Back to Brazil on this free-for-all Friday. Four Quarter Sports, do we have you? Yes. Yes. Hey, Mike. All right, we're live. So, all right, we're good. We're good. We're back. All right, perfect, perfect. And you're loud and clear. Um, yeah, last thing I heard you speak about before everything got cut off was the whole um, Jelson Almeida versus, um, what's it called, Curtis Blades fight. Um, I'm surprised that they're going back to Brazil, especially after they weren't able to sell out. I mean, I'm wondering, are they going to lower the ticket prices? Because I'm, I'm assuming this is a fight night. And it's interesting that Omeda's taking this fight just because I believe that if Curtis Blades actually, you know, has a high IQ, I think this fight can actually be something favorable in, in his matchup because we've never seen um, what's it called? Um, somebody try to physically take down Almeida, and you know try to dominate. So that could be the, the stylistic that that could be like a stylistic plan that Curtis Blades can implement against Jelson Almeida. But let's see what happens if um if Almeida can't take down Blades, and he, the fight has to be forced on you know in a striking matchup. Another thing I wanted to talk about was um I saw on, on Twitter. I think they said that um, the UFC is going to have about, about maybe like X amount of uh, dates in in Las Vegas. I think it was um, they guaranteed at least a December pay-per-view over there and maybe about like five more um, Apex cards. Um, is there any truth to that? And if so, um, what cities are they considering traveling towards? Uh, all right, Mike, that's all I got to say, and uh, have a good one. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so I have no idea where things got cut off on the on the first one. Um, if the last thing you heard was Blades Almeida, uh, we'll discuss that. I also mentioned the Chris Dacus, uh Khalil Roundtree fight that was supposed to take place at UFC 289. Uh, it's being reported as an injury to Dacus. There is no injury, I'm told. It's just a clearance thing. And the plan is to rebook that fight a later on, a few weeks later. Uh, no date yet, no contract yet. Uh, but it's not an injury. It's just a clearance thing. I don't know if it's a clearance thing for the cut to 205 or if it's a traveling to another country kind of a clearance thing. Maybe the, the paperwork wasn't done. I don't know. But the plan is to keep that fight intact, just push it back. As of right now, that's what I was told this morning. Uh, with the Blades Almeida fight, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's the game plan he wants. I mean, he could try to go after him, but we haven't seen Jailton off of his back. And you would have to think that Curtis Blades would probably try to avoid being on the ground with Jailton as much as possible. So, to me, I feel like this a, a large portion of this fight is going to take place on the feet, and that's. Kind of why I'm all in on it. 
I think it's just going to be a bunch of sloppy striking and just grit and determination and biting down on the mouthpiece. But November 4th is a long ways away. That's five months, and who knows? There's a lot to break down, a lot of tape we can watch, and I'm all in on the fight. As far as the Apex stuff goes, look, they're not leaving the Apex. It's not happening. We have to, we have to just place ourselves in this world where Apex cards are going to happen, and they're just going to keep happening. Because if you're going to sell tickets and you have to put on this many cards, you're not going to sell at arenas with, with the types of fights that they're putting on. They're not bad watches, but they're not ticket sellers either. You know what I mean? Like Kaikar France and Amir Albazi, great fight, but you throw that you throw that main event in somewhere in the United States, you think they're going to sell 15,000 tickets to that? I don't think so. Especially with where the prices are right now. I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. So I don't see them leaving the Apex anytime soon. And... That's just the way that it's going to be. Now, as far as other places they're going to travel, uh, Nashville, I'm hearing, for August, looks to be more probable. I think it's August 5th? 4th, maybe? I think it's the 5th. August 5th, I believe, is targeted for Nashville. That's that's what they're looking at right now. Will they travel to other cities? Possible? I don't know. Um if this card's November 4th, you would have to think MSG is going to be November 11th. The December pay-per-view is usually always in Las Vegas, so that's not really a surprise. But, yeah, I mean, you could just look up the information. You could look up – you can go to the Nevada Athletic Commission like website right now, and you could see sort of what the, the layout of the next meeting is going to be. So you can already – you could just go look that up. And you can see like what dates they're applying for, what dates are going to be discussed at the meeting, et cetera. So, yeah, they'll be at the Apex a bunch. They'll probably end the year at the Apex. And they'll probably begin the begin 2024 at the Apex too. They're not going it's, – it's just not going anywhere. If you got to put this many fight cards on, you're not going to be able to travel with all of them. It's just not going to happen. So – but it is what it is. CV, Hello. Yo, Mike. What's up? Uh, heck of a morning. Heck of a Friday. Um, yes. Not off to a great start, but, you know, we'll keep We're good going. now. We're good now. <laughs> All right. Um, just quick two thoughts for me since it's free-for-all Friday. Um, I want to make a crystal ball pick for Otno. Like, I might send this to you guys next week, regardless if the fighter wins or loses. But, um, yeah, it's for two upcoming lightweight fights. Uh, one with um, Oliver and Dariush, and one with uh, Hooker and... Jalen Turner. Uh, win or lose for uh, Charles and Dan Hooker. I want to see that fight. I don't know why it, that thought popped up in my head, but I can't believe these two haven't fought each other, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, I want to see that fight, win or lose for both of them, Oliveira versus uh, Dan Hooker. And um, second question, um, so since it's free-for-all Friday, do you think Jalen Brown stays, on the, stays with the Celtics? Thanks. Um... Yeah, I think they'll keep him. Brad Stevens was, uh, I'm not going to say Bill Belichickian yesterday, but 
he was like just a nicer version of Bill Belichick. I, I, I think they're going to try to keep him. I think they're, they would rather lose like Brogdon and some of those other sort of role players in order to keep him. But I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll say, I'll say yes, he will be back because they're both like super young. Like we're, they're just getting started. So two tough postseason runs. They're learning each time. They just, they just got beat by a hot Miami team. And I told, I said yesterday, I said, I'm going to watch this game one and I'm going to be annoyed that, Miami's like role players were going to shoot like absolute ass. And they did. They were like 0 for 12 in the, the first half. They couldn't hit water if they fell off a boat. But if they were playing the Celtics, they could go to three-quarter court and just kick the ball and it would have gone in. Like that's just how that series went. And Denver just beat the shit out of them last night. And that's how this entire series is going to go. And... I ain't sad for you. Not one frown was made. Not one tear was shed. Many of smiles were on my face. Shout out to all you Miami fans who had to talk shit. But Denver's just going to roll you. And I don't feel bad for you at all. Hooker versus Oliveira. Mm. I mean, if Oliveira just gets Dusted by Dariush and Dan Hooker beats Jalen Turner in impressive fashion. Sure. I can see that happening. Maybe you go could be a good fight for Brazil. Could do that maybe in Sydney. Or if they go back to Australia, you could do something like that. I don't know. It just seems like if Oliveira loses, they're gonna use him to kind of Dan, I'm not saying Dan Hooker could like never reclimb the ranks. He's I just don't know if he can, but I think they're going to use Oliveira in his name and the fact that he was a former champion and has all these records to potentially put over some of these other guys on the come up. Like Oliveira Fazee would be sick. Um, like Oliveira Sarukian, Dawson, like all these guys on the come up. I just don't know if they'll go to the hooker route, but dude, I'll watch the shit out of it. It's a fun ass fight. Don't know if it's going to happen right now, no, regardless of the results of those two fights. Abzualia, what's up? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. So, um, I have uh, two questions I'd just like to ask. Um, one's UFC, one's NBA. So, the UFC one regarding the Curtis Blade fight with uh, Almeida. Um, assuming if Curtis Blade wins this fight, would it be really realistic if he still wants to get a shot at the title? He should fight Cyril Gunn since Cyril Gunn's still the consensus number one contender. You know, obviously, unless things do change with, you know, possibly Sergey becoming a champion by next year, John Zone's retiring and Stipe. Um, how, how could you, uh, w- would you agree with me on that, that that would make sense if he does want to get a title shot? And um, just regarding the NBA, this is about Kyrie Irving because we know he's a free agent right now and um, we don't, we're not really sure where he's going to go, but would it, uh, um, how do you think this sounds? Do you think a two-way, two or three-way trade deal, Kyrie goes to 76ers, James Harden probably goes to like back to Houston Rockets and the way he wants to go back along with, I guess, some first draft picks and Dallas gets maybe one of the younger stars from 
Houston Rockets just to compensate and make sure that, you know, they were not losing much in the bargain. Um, that's all I have. Have a great day, man. I mean, I don't know what team is like, what teams are going to be lining up to sign Kyrie Irving. Like the dudes can obviously play basketball, but he is just not a good team player. Uh, he has just caused issue after issue. He doesn't like mesh well with anybody. And it's just all the off the court headlines. Like I, I just don't know who, like who's going to be in a rush to deal integral pieces to put him on the roster. I just don't see it. So maybe, but I don't, I mean, I, I've, we've had him, we had him and he was not great. So you could like, you could be as talented as you want, but like, if you can't play as a team and you can't mesh with the system, then like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I it would be friggin' hilarious if the 76ers got him though. Oh my god. Oh, it'd be tremendous. Cuz the Sixers would win a bunch of games and they'd just get routed in the playoffs. Cuz it'd just be tremendous stuff. So, I don't know. I just don't see a lot of teams that are going to be willing to give up like big pieces to put him on the roster. So, Curtis Blades getting the title shot, man. He's going to have to win a bunch of fights. He's going to have to win a bunch of fights. And yes, Cyril Gaon is number one in the UFC heavyweight rankings, but I don't think the UFC views him that way right now. He's lost two in a row, lost to a one-legged Francis Ngannou, got stopped real quick by John Jones, and then Curtis got knocked out by Sergei Pavlovich. I mean, this division's kind of a... It's kind of tough. But I think, honestly, like, if if Blades wins this fight, he's probably going to have to fight, like, a Sergey Spivak or somebody like that. Like, he's just going to have to fight those guys. It's, it's going to be a long road for Curtis to get a title shot. It's been a long road. I mean, there have been many points during his run that he should have gotten a title fight and didn't get it. So, with... Sergey there, who already has a win over him. Jelton, even if he loses, I still think the UFC is going to push him. You got Tommy Aspinall coming up. They're going to try to get him in there. Spivak's just kind of running dudes. They still have... They still love Derek Lewis. So, like, I could see a world... Even though Derek Lewis is on a tough run right now, I could see... Like, if Derek Lewis wins, like, three fights in a row and Curtis Blades wins three fights in a row, they would give Derek Lewis a title shot for Curtis Blades. 100%. Because that's how the UFC world is right now. So, yeah, maybe he fights Cyril Gaon. They might do Cyril Gaon versus Sergey Pavlovich next. And I would... I would love to watch that fight. That'd be a good one. That would be a good one. But yeah, Blades is going to have a, a long road. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's go to SK. Yo, what's up, Mike? Happy uh, Friday. Let's go the fucking nuggets. Uh, was, uh, yesterday's episode was one of the funniest episodes I've ever heard. Boston Mike out in full force. Just wanted to say, uh, yeah, great episode. Let's go the fucking nuggets. Cheers, brother. Yes, let's go the nuggets. And uh, truth be told, there's I have a soft spot for the great Chuck Mindenhall, and I know how much this means to him. And for his sake, I hope he, I hope he can experience what I've been able to experience a dozen times in my life of your, your team winning a championship. And that's, uh, that'd be pretty cool for him. So I'm rooting for you, Chuck. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. And I hope you get it as painlessly as possible. Patty. Hello. Patty. You're muted. Oh, there we go. There we go. You can hear me now? Cool. Yep. What's up, Patty? I have a question in regards to Israel Adesanya. Um, And I'm kind of curious your speculation about him fighting Jamal Hill um, at UFC Australia. Just kind of, it's a weird spot, obviously, because DDP and um, Whitaker fights so soon. Um, and there's not a lot of time between that card and UFC Australia. Some people are talking about, oh, he's going to fight Jamal Hill. I'm kind of curious your whole take on that. Um, would I be surprised if that's the fight they make? No, not in the current UFC landscape. Would I, would it be my first choice? God, no, no. Jamal Hill, like, has guys to fight. I know they want the Yuri fight, and maybe by the end of the year, Yuri will be able to come back. He wasn't going to be ready for the summer. So maybe, like, MSG or December, maybe Yuri will be ready to come back. Or January. I would just wait for that fight if it's possible. Like, if you can get that fight in, we're already booking fights in November. So if we could wait on getting Jamal Hill versus Yuri, I would rather wait for that. Even if we don't get Jamal Hill for an entire year, be tough. Jamal's on a good run. 
that performance against Glover Teixeira was the best of his career. I want to see this guy fight more. We do have Jan Bohovic fighting Alex Pereira in July. So if Yuri's not ready, the winner of that can get the title shot. Like, you have options. You have options right now. The Adesanya thing is interesting because you don't have to do that. You can just shuffle things up. You have time to do it. And with so many middleweight fights on the books, we can just shuffle things around. Why can't they just pull DDP from the Whitaker fight? Just pull him. Pull DDP from the Whitaker fight. Give him the title shot. Do Adesanya versus DDP for the title September 9th or September 10th, whenever that card's going to take place in Sydney. It is a stylistic dream come true for Israel Adesanya. DDP is going to come at him with chaos. He will make Adesanya fun, like really fun. And Adesanya will probably get a highlight real knockout in that fight. And the fans are going to go bananas. and It'll be a great moment. Like, just do that. What are we waiting for? And then Sean Strickland is fighting Abus Magomedov in a main event the week before July 9th. Just pull Sean from that fight. Put him on the pay-per-view. He can fight Robert Whitaker. And then you could do Abus versus throw middleweight here. Or I just don't see a world where Paulo Costa is fighting Ikram Alaskarov. You could do Abus versus Ikram. That's fun fight too. There's so many things we could do here. Just pull DDP. Like, is anyone going to really be upset if they pull DDP to fight Adesanya and we get Robert Whitaker versus Sean Strickland at UFC 2? No one's going to complain about that. What is the difference? Sean Strickland will make that fight week much more interesting with the press conferences. It'll be interesting to see how he handles Robert Whitaker and how Whitaker handles him. Like, I would be much more interested in seeing that at this point because I – we, we kind of know how Rob Whitaker versus DDP is going to go. So let's just give DDP the title fight. Let's just get him in there. If he's going to get highlight reeled, like let's do it for the belts and let's do it in Izzy's home country and make him look like a star. I, I, I don't understand why we're not doing this. Shuffle the deck a little bit. There's time. I think Rob Whitaker is going to be like, oh, man. Instead of fighting DDP, I got to fight Sean Strickland. Ah, oh, come on now. Just shuffle the deck. Let's have some fun here. That's what I would do. But would it surprise me if they did Jamal Hill? No. Willie, hello. Hey, man. Uh, just, I've got two things for you. So, first thing this morning, they talked about how the Matt Schnell fight and the Chris Dawkins fight are both off of the prelims for 289. Do you have any fights that you would fit in there instead? Um, well, Schnell is Schnell's off the card, but he's still fighting, I believe. Let me see. I, I, I thought I saw a report that he's still fighting. David Dvorak, that is. He's fighting Steve Ursig. So he's still on the card. We're good. Um, as I said earlier, uh, Dacus is out. It's not an injury, from what I am told. It's a clearance issue of some kind. I'm not really sure the ins and outs of that. But the plan is that that, from what I'm told, as of right this second, the plan is they're going to rebook Dacus versus Roundtree for 
a car later on, like a few weeks later. That's what they're, that's what's being discussed right now. So that fight is probably off at least as, as of right now altogether. So that's 11 fights. Will they try to maybe add that? It's a little too late to add anything really. I mean, we're nine, we're eight days away. Is it really the end of the world if we just do an 11 fight card? I don't think so. I don't think it's the end of the world. Just do an 11 fight. Just do an 11 fight card. That gives you what? Five, four. The early prelims have two fights. Fine. Just started at like seven. Start the card at 6.30 or 7 p.m. Eastern. And then go right into the ESPN card at 8. And then you go right to the main card. You're good. 11 fights is not a bad thing. 11 fights is a good thing. 11 fights is a great thing. So that's where I right now. Could they change course and be like, Khalil fight somebody else? Sure. But why would Khalil do that? If they're just going to rebook it? So I don't know. And... Dvorak still got a fight, so good to go. Still have 11 fights. Uh, let's go to Ani. What's up, Ani? Yes, how are you? How are you? Good. This is the least noisiest uh, you've been ah. in a while, so you're good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, I mean, I just want to say that it's really nice to, you know, talk to you and share my views in general on Heck of a Morning. So it's like, I don't think I've ever told you. So I am a research student. Like I'm, I'm doing a PhD uh, in mechanical engineering in Cardiff University. I'm just, this is free for all, right? So it's all right if I talk non-MMA stuff, right? Go for uh, it. So sometimes research can be a bit, uh, let's just say, it can weigh in on your mind sometimes. So... And whenever I, you know, uh, hop on heck of a morning and I speak to you uh, and I listen to various views from other people. And once in a while when uh, AK, just like your best friend, my best friend as well, decides to grace us with his presence, it's always nice. So I just want to say thank you for all you do, because, you know, uh, it's like you do heck of a morning, you do BTL, the pre-fight Q&A, the post-fight sh- the, the shows, like it's just um you know it's just like a non-stop marathon but each marathon must feel like a sprint of sorts um it's it's really appreciable what you do and i feel really you know it's like it, it recharges my mind i feel refreshed whenever i uh you know hop on uh one of your uh heck of a morning or i listen to it back like sometimes even if i'm not participating i always make sure that i listen to them again because it's it, it's it's a, it's good it makes me feel good so i just wanted to say thank you and uh a bit of uh, i also need a bit of an advice from you so it's like i will be running a project group called the student voice and one part of student voice is to actually host a podcast where we take the feedback from the various students and we sort of talk about it and we you know, it's just that, you know, it's a process of collecting student feedback or even expressing concerns that students need addressed and talking about everything that's going on in the university. So I could really use some advice uh, from you um, on this front. So nothing related to MMA. Uh, this is just a casual, hi, hello, a sort of chat. Thank you, Mike. Just like... 
just like how to how to do it or so what do you mean so the thing is uh i see that you know when you um do your podcasts it's like you seamlessly transition from one topic to another topic and it's just like it feels like you have it all organized but you're literally talking in the moment like you're you're doing it live but it feels like you've prepared everything so i just want to you know get better at public speaking and i want to understand how you make a podcast look so damn organized but you're actually pulling it out live i know most of it comes from experience but as someone who's sort of getting his feet wet and sort of getting into this world of uh, podcasting um i could uh, in in that sense um i need a little bit of your advice if that makes sense okay uh well first of all thank you for the kind words um i i agree with everything you said about my best friend uh if you haven't watched btl yesterday my best friend got a victory and well deserved he was on fire yesterday just knocked it out of the park it was a grand slam as far as the podcasting stuff goes it just reps man like i can't even tell you how many shows i hosted that very few people listened to or watched or how many interviews i did that few people listened to or watched uh and a lot of that was just kind of knocking rust off if you will and then it's just got to the point like it just depends on the show like this show we let our hair down or in my case i just let my head down cuz i don't have any hair to let down if that makes sense but I I attribute a lot of this to the team because one I just drive the train and they are the conductors and like they're the the passengers but they're like incredible at it. Um I just steer it but they they're the they're everything. They're everything. And it just makes life so much easier when I can just throw a topic out and just transition to them and let them do their thing cuz they're so damn good at it. Another thing with like timing and stuff like I learned that on the radio. I learned that doing radio. I did radio for 5 years. I did afternoon radio. I've done live broadcasts. I've done all sorts of different things. And one thing you learn about is time and watching the clock and just kind of knowing when to transition. Like there are certain times on BTL where things get a little crazy and we get a little in the weeds. And sometimes I'll let that go on just depending on how it is. And then it gets to a certain point where you just have to go with your gut and be like, "Eh, okay, maybe this has gone on long enough. Let's move on. So we don't have a four hour show. So again, just it's reps. It's all reps. You get in there, you do it, you go with the flow, you go with your gut and eventually you'll just kind of learn what works and what doesn't. And if you're getting feedback from people, they'll tell you what's working and what's not. And just take the feedback however you want it. Like if the feedback's from somebody you, you completely respect and you want their feedback, great. If it's someone that you don't really respect or they're a troll, then don't even worry about it. So it's, it's just reps. You just go and see what works and see what doesn't. And sometimes you have to just do different things and try different ordeals and go down different roads and, some things will work and some things don't. Um, I've done shows for MMA fighting that have worked and I've done some that haven't. And that's just how it is. You just got to go in there and do it.
And the more you do it, the more confident you'll get. And you'll just teach yourself all these other things like the production side. Like I taught myself how to video edit, um, the audio editing I learned doing radio and I fell in love with it. That was like the thing I loved the most, um, about doing radio. Like people, people I used to work with when I did radio used to, we used to have, like we do our shows, but like, it's not just, you don't just, especially at a, like the stations I was working at, you don't just show up and do your show and then go home. You have like other things you need to do. Like sometimes you have to write articles for the website or sometimes you have to do this. But a lot of my time was spent doing commercials. Like I have probably voiced and produced, I mean, thousands of commercials, thousands of them. And some are easy and they're like what we call rip and reads where it's just like, come on down to the apple festival where you can pick your own apples. And it's just like, you put, you just go through it. You have 30 seconds and then you put a little bed music behind it. And it's like, Oh, this is what like most commercials sound like. And then you have other people who are very creative and they want like multi voice spots and you have to, create characters and, and do all these different things. And there's different sorts of sound effects you have to do. And, and those take a long time to perfect. So, but I love that stuff. Love that stuff. I got a couple of plaques from, I think I produced two of the best commercials in the state while I was working in radio. Uh, got some mass broadcast association plaques. Um, and it's just fun. I got to, I got to be, Everything from a, you know, 38 year old man to a seven year old kid to a 90 year old woman in commercials. Yes, I was a 90 year old woman in a commercial. Um, I've done commercials where I was a man and a woman having a conversation with one another. Um, I've done it all. If you listen, like if you listen to the Rick's Picks theme from the MMA Hour, if you go back and listen to that, like it sounds like there's a million voices. I did all of those voices, even the uh, the female singers in the background that were like Rick's Picks. That was just me voicing Rick's Picks three different levels and then just messing with the audio. Uh, that stuff I love, love doing that stuff. It's just creative and fun, and I'd love to do more of that stuff. I would love to do. I would love to do more of that stuff for for Vox if they would ever let me. Because if you listen to the podcast, like you'll hear the commercials, and most of them are rip and reads, or you know, oh, we talked to this person about this, and then you hear like a small clip of that. But if they ever want to like get a little more crazy, I'm the I'm your dude. I'm your dude. But sometimes, like when you get into certain things and you try something new, you find something you didn't expect to love and just begin to love it. So um, that's why I like doing those those little mini doc podcasts because like they're a pain in the ass to put together with all the production elements that go into it. But man, when I like you get it when you get it right and it just sounds like you nailed it, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. You just get a sigh of relief from all of that. So yeah, just do the damn thing and you'll get better at it. That's it. Uh, let's check out the comments here. Do we have anything we can go with? Nope. Not seeing anything. All right. I think we're good. Um, 
I'm actually like doing this on a, on a rare Friday off. Uh, don't know how I got a Friday off, but I'll, I'll take it. Darn it. So I think we're done. Good free for all Friday in the books. Apologies for the early technical issues, but we got in round two here. Uh, there will be a preview show a little bit later on, getting you ready for UFC Vegas 74. Uh, what time is it? 2 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be my best friend, Jed Mishu, and Shaheen Alshadi. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll be back tomorrow, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for the People's Pre-Fight Show. Yes, the first People's Pre-Fight Show for the month of June. Uh, myself and Casey, and then we'll have a post-fight show after UFC Vegas 74. We're back at it, everybody. And then next week, it's we're on the road to UFC 289. And Amanda Nunes looking to retain her Bantamweight title. First title defense since winning back the belts, taking on Arini Aldana. I will have a lot to say about that fight and that card as well. So back on this show Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Friday, and as always, have a heck of a morning. Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.